Hello, my name is Eric Lee, and I'm the founding editor of Labor Start, the news and campaigning website of the International Trade Union Movement. And this is our first segment for Working Voices. We're very, very happy to be here. And we're going to spend the next few minutes talking about a country and a trade union movement that I'm guessing many of you have never heard of and would struggle to even find on a map. We don't have a map, but we have uh, Lizaveta Merliak, who is a Belarusian trade unionist, comes from the country of Belarus. She's currently living abroad, and she is the chair of an organization called Solidarnost, which means solidarity, which works with the Belarusian unions and works on human rights and workers' rights issues. And we're very happy to have her here as our very first guest on Working Voices. Hello, Lisa. Yeah, hi, Eric. Uh, I hope the sound quality is going to be good and you can all hear her. Um, I, w- I have a few questions to ask Lisa to, to start with. First of all, Lisa, can you tell us, I know you, you won't remember this from personal experience because you're young, but what was it like for workers and unions in Soviet times in Belarus? Well, thank you for that question, Eric. Actually, trade unions appeared much, much longer before the Soviet Union. And those were trade unions basically organized by Jewish workers in Belarus. But then when the Soviet time came, um, the other type of union appears. Those were not the self-governed unions anymore, but they were much more like driven by the decisions of the Communist Party and also by employees, which were also uh, dependent on the Communist Party. Uh, At those times, the... um, the trade unions were dealing basically with uh, social issues, like uh, uh, providing some uh, benefits to workers. And um, people who lived uh, uh, in the end end time of the Soviet, uh, Soviet era, uh, they remember that trade unions were basically um, providing, providing tickets to theaters, providing... Uh, uh, I don't know, some recreation time, uh, children camps and so on. So it, it was not much about uh, about salaries and about negotiations. Right. And, and workers understood this. They understood these unions were not the kind of unions they had before the Soviet times. This was a different kind of union. It wasn't really a trade union, was it? What you had in Belarus in Soviet times. Well, it was something like... Uh, uh, like a department of communist party, I should say. Right, right. I think the term they would have used in the U.S. to describe those kinds of unions was state labor fronts, and they were true of all, all totalitarian societies. I think had the same kind of. So Belarus was no different from Russia, or for that matter, the unions in Nazi Germany also were state labor fronts. And and but Belarus stopped being a communist country, actually became an independent country with the collapse of the Soviet Union. So what changed? Well, actually, it was also that the situation changed a lot. Um, in the late 80s, uh, there was a movement of uh, uh, of workers who wanted to bring changes into the into the trade unions and into their own countries. Actually, like uh, uh, the economy was uh, was not uh, doing very well, and workers were extremely poor. So it was the miners. Uh, in Belarus, in Ukraine, and uh, uh, in Kazakhstan, and in the Russian Federation, uh, that basically uh, rose a bigger movement, uh, strike movement, and on the wave of those 
strikes, uh, there were changes coming to the countries. Uh, sim similarly to, to the situation in the whole Soviet Union, it was in Belarus uh, that it got its independence. And actually the workers, the miners, um, created their own independent trade unions. Right. So you had a moment where it looked like Belarus was going to have trade unions like you have in the U.S. or elsewhere in the world that were independent of the state and independent of the Communist Party. But fast forward to today, what's happening to the unions in Belarus now? Well, from 91 to 1994, Belarus was actually an independent state ruled by parliament. But then in 1994, um, Alexander Lukashenko was elected president for the first time, and he's still president. So it's 30 years this year that... Uh, that he's ruling the country on his own. And of course, the unions were opposing him from the very beginning. Um, here is a long pause. <laughs> you think but a but let me ask you something. You say the unions yeah. opposed Lukashenko from the beginning. Why did they oppose him at the beginning? Uh, from the very beginning, Lukashenko started to change the constitution and uh, to bring the country from from the democratic way to to dictatorship to dictatorial way right and uh, it was the unions who were always opposing him in this when i when i say unions i mean independent unions because those soviet type old fashioned unions they still remained however they were quite independent till 2002 and in 2002 lukashenko had appointed uh, the chair of the Federation of Trade Unions of Belarus. And since that time, those old type Soviet yellow unions, uh, they became uh, subordinate to Lukashenko regime completely. Right. Lukashenko regime is, 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 does not call itself Soviet, right? And there isn't, the Communist Party does not rule Belarus. It's a more... I don't know, Western-style authoritarianism, which you described, it's not a Soviet system, is it? Uh, no, not at all. Not a Soviet system. But um, um, it's a regime that is subordinate to, to the Russian regime. Okay. Exchanging, exchanging uh, uh, let's say, fair prices on gas and oil for the loyalty, loyalty to Putin. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Now, I, I know you're not an expert necessarily on Russia, but the, the, the same thing did not exactly happen in Russia, right? Russia still has some independent trade unions that function and are still legal. But in, in Belarus, things have gotten much, much worse the last few years, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, straight after, after the pandemic, uh, um, there were elections uh, announced in the country, elections for president in 2020. And after the terrible fraud, and after after all our voices had been stolen from us, Belarusians uh, uh, opposed the regime again. And uh, there were finally hundreds of thousands of people protesting peacefully in the streets. And trade unions were among those. And trade unions were also leading 
protests uh, on uh, huge enterprises. So um, uh, the workers, the Belarusian workers, they actually uh, threatened the uh, the regime uh, with a um, with a with a demand that uh, uh, if the regime uh, if the state uh, doesn't announce pronounce announce new elections, then the workers uh, were going to to have a general strike to stop the country to stop the production on all enterprises. But unfortunately, those peaceful protests they didn't didn't lead to any to to significant change in um, in the politics, and um, the regime started to deploy. Uh, really severe repressions against the civil society, against the trade unions as well. And um, it ended up uh, with uh, um, with the support of uh, Putin in uh, in his war against uh, Ukraine. I, I want to come to the one um, Ukraine in a moment, but mm-hmm. we should clarify for the American listeners, most people listening will be from the U.S., that the election that Lukashenko stole, he actually stole. Unlike Donald Trump, who pretends he won an election, which he didn't win, Lukashenko really, really stole the election. It was a fraudulent election. In in a, in a fair election, he would have been defeated, right? He was unpopular, wasn't he? Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And interestingly, the unions were all, the, except for the state-controlled unions, were all the independent unions involved in these protests? Was there a consensus in the unions that Lukashenko had to go? I think there was there was consent consensus okay. in the unions, um, and we always said that uh, Belarus was violate among those who violate uh, the workers' rights, the the human rights, all possible rights, and it was not the first time that the elections had been stolen from people. Right. So it's been starting from nineteen ninety four. We never had any fair elections. Right. Wow. So, so you started uh, mentioning um, the invasion of Ukraine and and the effect on, on Belarus and on the Belarusian trade unions. Again, for the American audiences may not know this, but Belarus has provided a base from which Russian forces invaded Ukraine, and now I believe has actually agreed to station Russian nuclear weapons on Belarusian soil, which is a, a significant change in risk to world peace. So, what has been the effect of the invasion of Ukraine on the trade union movement to Belarus? Um, well, the same day that uh, Putin declared the war against Ukraine, um, the Democratic Trade Unions of Belarus uh, made a statement which was clear uh, that the Belarusians are opposing the war and that Belarusians demands that uh, the Russian troops are uh, withdrawn f- from uh, Ukraine and also from Belarus. Um, and um, the reaction of the authorities was quite fast. And um, in um, uh, in a month's time, there was a there was a massive arrest of all trade union leaders from from democratic trade unions, and uh, it followed with the liquidation of the uh, of of the Belarusian Congress of Democratic Trade Unions and all its four affiliates. So since uh, June two thousand and twenty two. There are no independent unions in the country anymore. That's that's extraordinary. It's extraordinary because that that didn't happen again. That didn't happen in Russia. 
there wasn't that kind of crackdown on the news as, as in Belarus. That's really quite striking. And of course, it contrasts with Ukraine, which has independent and free trade unions now, even, on, even in wartime. Yeah. These are, do you know roughly how many trade unions, trade unionists are in jail and prison in Belarus? Yeah, from what uh, from what we know, uh, it is forty seven brothers and sisters of ours uh, in jail at the moment. But that is uh, that is uh, that could be not the uh, the real number. It could be it more. Could be more. It could be more than that. Hmm? Yeah, it could be more. Yeah, and yes, among the, them is the chair, uh, is the president uh, of the Belarusian Congress of Democratic Trade Unions, Alexander Yarashuk. He was accused of uh, uh, calling for sanctions and got uh, four years imprisonment. He is at the same time, he's at the same time vice president of the International Trade Union Confederation, which is the biggest union of right. all of all um, workers, let's say. Globe, the globally biggest uh, biggest trade union. Yes, and, and the International Trade Union Confederation also includes the American Trade Union Center, the AFL-CIO, for yeah. listeners in the States. So it's as, it's a match as if the president of the AFL-CIO was arrested and put in jail for four years. It's the same thing, what's happening. That's yeah. extraordinary. Lisa, what can our listeners and what can trade unionists who are hearing this program, what can they do to help? Well, um, as organized labor, represented by by a trade union, AFL-CIO, um, I think that the affiliates of this organization, this trade union, uh, should demand from the government uh, to implement all possible actions to make the government of Belarus adhere to democratic uh, values and to return to um, respect of human rights and labor rights and this uh, this is actually uh, this is actually what uh, what AFL-CIO is doing so i would say that uh, they should uh, continue doing uh, and listen uh, listen to what uh, international trade union confederation says uh, and uh, hear our recommendations yeah and let's act together Okay, and I should emphasize to listeners, if you've never been to laborstart.org, you'll find there lots of trade union news from Belarus and from solidarity actions happening in support of Belarus. Um, Lisa, I think you're putting up the Solidarność newsletter there as well. People can find it, mm -hmm. Laborstart. Yes. So Laborstart, of course, is spelled in the international way with a U for labor, L-A-B-O-U-R-S-T-A-R-T.org. Visit there. Look at our news in Belarus. We occasionally run campaigns. We've run several campaigns online in support of the jail trade union leaders. Sign those campaigns when they appear. Spread the news about them. Let's build solidarity and support for Belarus. Lizaveta Merliak, thank you very much for talking to us. We thank you, Eric. We had a conversation and learned a lot. I'm going to stop the recording now.